Welcome to Unbounded, talks on growth in financial services. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Parsons, and Unbounded is powered by .ai. And today we are talking with Walter Obermeyer. He has worked for some great brands, some real powerhouses of tech, HP, Accenture, and UiPath. And just to add to that, he's also a strategic advisor to one of the hottest startups going around. And we have so much to learn about growth today. So get ready to dig into the growth occasion. Walter, welcome to the show. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to be here. I am ready for quite the masterclass in growth, Walter. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And as I said in the introduction, what a great collection. And I only mentioned a few of your past exploits, HP, Accenture, UiPath. This is an amazing uh, collection of uh, companies. You might argue have all been revolutionary in their own particular way in tech. I'm really interested to know what has guided you through such an adventure has there been an idea or a belief that has helped you just navigate such an amazing collection of experiences? The idea was not there when I started all this journey. And I started the IT journey already huh, with, I was 16 and trying to learn as a bank in Germany, starting with IT first time. And I understood very fast that IT can support our business. IT can mm. support management and IT can always help you to get there. So starting from the first applications 30 years ago to areas of better and better IT support, I was just adding experience to my life. So I was trying to get a little bit beyond uh, the border of what I've learned so far and try to understand what's next, what is next after next. And if I find it next after next, what is then after the next one? And if you see the brands I'm working for, and I was working for and proud to be there, was always like, ah, oh, this is new business development. This is new technology development for another two, three years in a project or for the next project for another year. So it was less farming around and less sitting on my, my chair. It was always restless, mm. getting more information, getting more uh, overview about the, the technology we have and how we can use technology and why we should use technology to get to a future state of where we would like to be. And I always have in mind, if you want to have a one, one bracket around that, I have always one thing in seeing Captain Kirk when he was talking, like, hey, computer, please do this. And somebody did something. Then this was long time. We're still struggling to be there that I can talk to my computer and say, please do this. Yeah, yeah so, and I think sometimes we find uh, Siri talking to us when we don't want her talking to us, jumping into <laughs> our conversations and introducing herself. Walter, I want to pick up on something you just said, this question of what's next. Having been part of these successful companies, these really epic tech adventures, tell me if you're looking at it, if someone introduces to you a new company, what are you looking for? When you go, this thing could be next, this thing could be really big. Do you have like certain characteristics that you're looking for? Like, when do you know something could be big? When do I know when something could be big? 
could be big. It's, it's one of the principles I follow. If, if you take the word KISS, right, keep it simple. And this follows me already, I think, the last 20, 30 years. Because always when you make it, when try to make it simple, it's very difficult in, in, in reality. Yeah? Just yeah. try to explain something to people. Explain something to people is easy yeah? because they follow your words. Explain something to a three-year-old child is not that easy because you need to use easy words in an easy language and if possible in only one sentence to explain what you want to do. And with this synonym, I would try to understand how can we get there with technology. So if I find something would make life easier in a way where I can say this is under a KISS principle, so keep it simple and smart, I'm, I'm curious to understand if this is a next iteration or is it a sidestep? And if you mm. look into, into the uh, companies I was uh, lucky to work for, I learned a lot to make a next step, a next iteration. And there's never, there was never a sidestep like, oh, it's just another job or another challenge in the same area. It was always a f further uh, a step into new worlds. And this made me curious when I met Floex. And it was not only meeting Floex technology. It was the the flow of thoughts between us, the idea of, oh, I can tell a few new ideas. He's taking them into his brain, developing further, shooting back. Then you have a back and forth and back and forth. And suddenly you're three steps further away from where you were, were before the discussion. And I like those people where you can fast develop a vision even not knowing is it possibly already already technically possible or is it just an, an idea and vision and a dream where we can run after because it's worth it. So technology as a next iteration plus the right people makes me very curious. Wow. So when you see the right people simplifying the complex this is almost your magic investment thesis, right? This is when you know, oh, this might be what's next. Right, exactly. This might be what's next. And this makes me uh, very sure if people like one, people like Rado stay in this, in this flow, like FlowX, they will have a tremendous story in the next upcoming years. And, and you pointed out something that's really important to note and that is when you say you're simplifying something, you are actually taking on a very complex and big challenge, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it's uh, the, the more complex it's for me, it's fine. I like that. And mm -hmm. I think I can handle that because I, I was lucky to learn all that, to have a, a global view of, on things and, and also have this dependencies, what you see when you put something on the left side or take away something from the right side, how the results will be in the middle. So um, I love these complex things, but the, the tenor is always, how do I get to a very simple, very easy solution that others don't need to think, that others don't need to uh, run through complex stories and just uh, make the most of it with intuitive uh, things. Like I totally agree. And... As you were talking, I was just thinking about the sea of complexity that surrounds 
any modern bank, when you look at their competitive set, regulation, expansion into different markets, neotech, fintech competition, but today's banks really do face a lot of things that make growth hard. And this growth, you are our growth guru, Walter. So I want to get your take on If you were talking to banking leadership right now, who all face these sorts of complexities in achieving growth, what's your advice to them? Like how should they unlock growth when they have got so many stakeholders and obligations to meet? How does the bank of today grow and create the bank of tomorrow? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's not easy to solve for banks because of their legacy. So if you see the typical way what people now advise to banks means, oh, you need to modernize your applications. You need to modernize this. You need to go into cloud. You need to go on omni-channel. That's all fine. But in my view, and my view on that one is technology is not... Uh, a changing bank. Technology is something what you use in a bank and it's necessary and it's a tool, but it will not deliver growth. Growth is delivered from people. The problem now in banks is that all the people focus, uh, well, at least 50% of the uh, uh, employees in a bank focus on technology and organization and run all this uh, necessary administration around that. And less people really focus on, hey, how can we create new products? How can we sell more? How can we create new distribution channels? How can we do some small solutions for our clients which help our customers to succeed. And so give, let me give you an example. The, the, to, to put a mortgage solution into cloud on a website that, where decisions are done by AI is nice to have and it's necessary, but it will not create growth. Growth will be created when people like what they do. When people see something, oh, that's easy. I just click one, two times and I have already uh, a new car. And I click mm. one, two times. And I have a new boat or whatever, right? So this is what people would like to see and not technology hype only. Technology should move to the background. It needs to be there, but not as, as the most important thing what I need to run for. It sounds almost, and tell me what you think of this, Walter, but you're painting a picture where everybody is... To use the Swiss analogy, keeping the trains running on time, everyone is obsessed on keeping the technology up and no edge case problems, no outages. Everyone's just focused on doing that, assuming that growth uh, comes as a result. But it's the effort needs to be put into the people. You almost need to put an invisibility cloak on the technology so that you can devote time not only to customers but to employees too. Do I- yeah, you do, you do understand that correctly. Let me give you an, a nice example. I told you before I was starting my business career in a bank. I was 16 years old and it was a small bank in Bavaria. And then I learned sales in a bank very easily. So my team lead said, look what we do. I'll take the paper bank, um, how is it, Contos? I don't know that now. So taking the documents uh, in the bank. 
yeah. with the paper documents with all the uh, payments from one customer and mm-hmm. was flipping through these documents and said, oh, look, he has this, he is paying for this, he is paying for this. And now he's doing some very crazy. He took a phone, called this guy and said, hey, come in, I need to talk to you. This guy came in and he were flipping again through this his documents saying, this is what you have, this you have double, this you have triple, this we can do better, this we can change. And made a business a, a, a very good selling uh, cycle on that one. And yeah. after one hour or whatever it was, they, he agreed and he signed a few contracts. So successful sale in a bank. The difference till till now, thirty years later, is uh, we're not using this paper documentation anymore. It's electronically. But the effort looks like still the same. So, so literally in your lifetime, you're sitting back here going, hang on a second. The industry of banking is largely operating in the same way it did when I started my career here. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Unfortunately, it is like that, right? So there's no big movement inside. And Mm. the problem is that... Running the bank, this is one of the typical uh, phrases, uh, run the bank and change the bank. Run the bank is now blocking the bank from doing some creative work that everybody is only focusing on data, 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 but nobody understands how to use. If you ask today how to run a growth story in a bank, it's not analyzing uh, data to give a loan. It's more understand the data, what the client wants to do, the, the end customer in the next two, three years and create the right strategy for him to support that mm. one and also to create the right products and not run on the old one and just put it on cloud. If you just put uh, data on cloud or products on cloud, it's just another distribution channel, but right. it's nothing new so there's Mm. no duration it's almost you're saying hey guys you've got all this great technology fine but you have to put it to use to help your customer get the job done whatever job they're onto buying a house a car building family wealth building stability or security in their life that's what you're working towards not just having another app would that be fair that'd be fair and for that one, to support your client, you don't need complex uh, applications which you move into cloud and make it uh, 100% precise with all the analytics behind. The more important is you're fast, right? Hmm. Because if your end customer needs a decision today or tomorrow because it's, uh, uh, there's some disruption going on, then you need to be fast and adaptive and, and uh, help your customers and not focus on a three years uh, transformation program to migrate data somewhere to something, right? Yeah, so whenever you think about what needs to be done, banks needs to get faster and f- more adaptive and adapt in shorter timeframes what they do now. You've set the scene perfectly for the next two topics that I really want to hear your thoughts on. And Walter, before we get to those, I just want to remind all of our listeners that Unbounded is powered by Flowex.ai, and we are all about digging into the growth equation for financial services. And we've set the scene. We know that it is all about deploying the technology in order to serve customers and employees to help them get the job done. That's where the growth equation really works. 
But now let's tackle some tough subjects, Walter, because you mentioned it earlier, legacy and application modernization. This can become a real blocker for banks. All too many times we hear that there's a different system for know your customer. There's a different system for call banking, the payment rails. There's often a completely different system running mobile. These are all in uh, various states of legacy status. And the big question facing any CTO is modernizing this stack so that when people come from the business and they say, we want a new product, a new service, they say it's a matter of days, not a matter of years. So where do we start when we're faced with this challenge? Break it down. What is the best way to think about application modernization? So the best way to think about that is if you first understand that an application even a complex application is nothing else that, than, than a, a, a table or tablet of different processes, summary of processes. You can summarize 10 processes, you can summarize 1,000 processes. The, the problem is how complex you want to make uh, this application. Let me give you an analogy to, 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 to Office, right? If you use Office mm-hmm. uh, at home for, with Word, with Excel, and whatever, maybe even with PowerPoint. Guess how many processes within these applications you use? You might use some 20 or 30 processes for mm-hmm. what you need. The other 2,000 different processes, you pay for them. And, and anyway, you don't understand that. Yeah? If, if, if you think about Excel, who can do Pivo in, in Excel? How many people can do that? The same happens to the complex systems of uh, banks. Because it is homegrown, right? They started to, to code these processes. They added another process, this one then for regulations. And, 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 and this is why they're now stuck in, in this complex old legacy systems and how to uh, run them and, and not even being able to change. But in the end, what you need out of these applications is not the process. You need the data, that's all. If you now have a possibility to take data out of this application in, and, and untie the front end to the user, so untie the, the, where, where the employees can work further and simplify this user interface, what people see on their screen, then you have already a big step forward because people only see topics what they need. This is the first iteration where you say, hey, FlowX can deliver a platform where you can have tailored interface for the different employees in the different areas, but still use the data which is in the old legacy systems, maybe use data which is in other systems, standalone systems, and combine mm. them and so, again, we're not ta- talking about migration at this time. I'm just talking about, I give you a, let me say, a head-up display. And this mm-hmm. head-up display gives me all the information I need, no matter from which application and old legacy systems it's coming from. Gotcha. Let me make sure that I'm breaking this down the way you are. Are you saying that, first of all, the answer is in the data, but it's about understanding the crucial, the primary data, and focusing upon that and building the new user interfaces, new experiences from that. And don't make the mistake of trying to convert, modernize all the old, unused, the other 80% of the data. Are you making that kind of almost 80-20 distinction? 
Absolutely. Yeah. This is what so, I do. So let me ask yep. you this question, though. Still, I want to come back to this data because this is great. Because I, I, I can feel all the bank executives listening to the show right now going, oh, my gosh, I just saved so much time and effort. The question is, how do I know what the important data is? What does it look like? How do I identify the 20%? Yes. So how do we do that, Walter? But again, that's the challenge what you have as a bank. If you focus always on the past, which is this 80% of data, you might use that for risk analytics and all that stuff. I understand that. But if you focus on new business, you need to focus on the 20% of the data from end customers, which are looking into the future. So what is steady state today of the customer? Where does he want to go? And not what has he done in the last 15 years? So the answer, the 20% of the data that really matters is about looking forward, the future state for the customer. The future state and the future products the customer needs, right? And if you only need to, to look forward, you don't need to run all this uh, uh, heavy stuff, heavy old stuff with all this uh, storage behind and that, because nobody's interested in that. Nobody's looking back and saying, yeah, I need to understand what I did 15 years ago and, and, and to understand what I will do tomorrow. Guess what would happen if we would do the, in IT the same and look back to 15 years and, and to understand what we should do today. So the same is when you structure the future with IT, don't look back what we did 20 years ago or 15 yeah. years ago because it was old stuff on premise. What mm. we now see is fast, adaptive, uh, uh, click per use or whatever. So take technology as something what I can take into my process and, and then kick out on the next day. So we are talking about real-time usages already and not IT projects which will fix us for another six months until there is a result, right? Yeah, it feels to you giving us permission to get over all of that accumulated tech debt that you see in a lot of banks. You're like, you're freeing us from that. You're liberating us from that with this 80-20 rule, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. Because we don't, we don't need that. Again, if you always stick in the past and you always have the cost to, to keep this um, uh, data alive and, 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 and stored, it will not help you to move forward. Mm. And it will also not help your customers to move forward because they know themselves what they did in the past or what they did good or wrong or when they spent money or saved money. That's all fine, but it's all about the future. So when you think about, for example, analytics is fine in, in banks to have this regulations to understand the risk and probably fraud. But if you think about more into predictive analytics, where you use the data, what you have to mm. and the outlook for the next three years, then you might understand, oh, there is a new client and he has only one product with us, which is a bank account. Uh, but he is capable for buying a house. He's capable for running his own business. He's capable to get the next superstar. Let's focus on this guy and talk to him. Not measure him, but talk to him. Hey, how can we support you? And when you think about support, it's also always something from trust. And mm. IT and data will not build trust again. So you need to have a mix of, I have all the data I need. And that's 20%. And 
and I have an idea where how to develop this guy and this client or this area of clients, this consumers or this enterprise customers or this one. So focus a little bit more on the future. And if you understand how to focus on the future, you will see that you only need 20% of the functionality what you have today in your application. Yeah. And now let me listen in your role. It does not mean that everything we throw away the 80%, but the guy who is running for growth will yes. focus with 20% of data and 20% of application on the client and on the growth story. Another guy in the back office might run the applications or run the connections or run the risk. That's fine. <laughs> but for growth, you only have this. I got you. I think we've already liberated so much time and stress from banking executives, whether they're in the tech or the business team or the product team. And I think this gives us permission to entertain other growth drivers. And one of those is cloud migration. And I think migrating to the cloud sounds pretty sexy. It has almost a sense of liberation about it, but it's not just a tech thing. It's not just a hosting thing. There's a whole lot of planning and transformation that comes with that. And then there's a whole bunch of possibilities that can happen once you are migrated to the cloud. What do you think, Walter, are the real success drivers of migrating to the cloud, not just doing the migration, but then actually leveraging and exploiting that for growth? What are the real keys for success here? So let me start from the guys who are relevant here. It's the bank uh, uh, manager and the client itself. Right? To take what we discussed before, when you give a, a bank manager 20% of the data and only 20% of the process is what he needs to, to work with his clients, you will free up his time. So he will be able to talk to five times more customers. He will be able mm. to think about five times more customers or customer areas or things. If you now have a chance in your discussion with your clients to showcase what you want to, to de develop for them, and you show this on, on your laptop, and then you say, well, you, we can talk about that further in the next week, and client can go home, take a look at the website, and he can see the same structure and the same what he discussed with the bank manager on the website or on his mobile browser, he sees mm. the continuity of that one and the, 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 the whole story is completely clear and it's not uh, with any media breaks or with any other things, right? So he can always find the same picture and the same message in different channels. That's important. And to see everything in different channels, you need to be on cloud. Yeah. Which means not the application, yeah, but the business outcome for enterprises, for example, or the results for the consumer areas need to be on cloud. Good one is if you then have small functionality, it does not need to be the full application, but small functionality like, oh, yes, we talked about that three days ago. And I, I now have uh, uh, taken my time to talk to my wife. I agree. If you now can have a paperless solution to agree and contract, you will have faster success in the, and higher contract rate with, within banking. Because at the moment, or in the meantime, when I reflect the last 30 years banking, 
all that moved from a market where you have asked for money. When I was in a bank, people were begging for money in a loan or begging for interest and put something on, on a savings uh, account. Today, it's a bank is a tool. Financing mm. is a tool. You check something on a web browser. You check even uh, 2%, 3%, 3 So you could do everything on, on technology. But what people really looking for is someone to work with on a strategy, on their uh, enterprise strategy, on their um, uh, strategy. Right. Their business goals, their life goals, right? They, it's the jobs they're trying to get done. Those are the things that matter to customers, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that if you then have consistent data from all the different applications and you can streamline them and consolidate them on an omni-channel to your clients, which is always then secure and people can uh, run from there, you will see that business will get faster and more adaptive, right? Because this is what business people need out there. They need a bank, which is running with them this fast and adaptive life, which means take less data and less applications and, and processes and let's move fast forward. It's, it's almost a playbook that you've built for us. Keep it simple. Yeah, let me phrase this one time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Two years ago with COVID, we had a big bank in Germany who was facing suddenly not 3,000 loan applications, but 30,000 loan applications per month. Mm. Mm. So the challenge was not to make business. The challenge was there, give us a fast, adaptive solution to overcome this workload and don't make any perfect solution. 80% is okay. Uh, and this is what we delivered, uh, a solution within two days for the end customers that they can apply for their loan and get the decision within three days. And this was a change in the IT in less than seven days, right? And wow. this is what clients, business enterprises need. If there is a situation out there like COVID, you need to act fast and not in three months or in six months. And this will be the future challenges for banks to adapt fast to the client's needs. And it seems to me, if I start to piece together the picture that you've built for us, well, this path to being fast and adaptive starts with this keeping and building and creating the simplicity. And with that kind of as a mission, it's really about the focus on the people. The growth equation, the real factor here is energizing, creating the growth, the momentum and the speed with people. Make the technology invisible. And then you came and hit us with, okay, so you've got to overcome some legacy things. The answer is in the data, in the future state, it's the 80-20 rule. And if you do these things, if you migrate to the cloud, if you go paperless, what you will inadvertently do is create more times for employees to go out and delight your business customers, your consumers, and to help them get their jobs done. Is this the Walter Obermeyer playbook, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Good summary. <laughs> absolutely fine. Because it's, uh, it's, it, in the end, it means people are talking to people as 30 years before with the support of IT, but not only about IT. Yeah, it's very much about putting technology to work for the business and the customer. And put technology in the background 
complex, great, big, but what we use at the front end needs to have this keep it simple. Listen, on that note, I, I want to ask you one last question. I know our listeners will be thinking, this Walter Obermeyer sounds like a growth guru. Where do they find you uh, on the internet? What's the best way for them to reach out and find you? The best is LinkedIn. Every day on LinkedIn, and I, I think I answer every request by myself. So uh, you will find me on the Walter Obermeyer on uh, LinkedIn. Okay, so that's Walter and Obermeyer is O-B-E-M-E-I-E-R. Uh, otherwise, just navigate in through to the Flowex team and you will find Walter there as well. Find it through me, Mike Parsons. I'm connected to Walter naturally. So you will find many paths uh, to the door of Walter Obermeyer. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. I, I feel I I feel like I'm going faster at the end of the show now just because I have the the Walter Obermeyer playbook, this KISS principle, the people principle, the answer is in the data, it's in the future state. And if you do those things, you can unlock incredible value for customers, employees. This is a wonderful way to think about unlocking growth in financial services, Walter. Are you going to write a book? This is the big question. (laughs) No, because I think to write a book, you need a lot of time. And uh, I love to spend my time with my family and not writing a book. And, and by the way, I think the time when I write a book today, me as Walter Obermeier, uh, the time I, I finish it, it might be outdated. Maybe the transcription of this show alone may, may start the thread. Maybe there's at least a good blog post or two in it. Walter, yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. Did you enjoy yourself? I enjoyed very much. Thanks for hosting me and thanks for having me on the show, Mike. It was great to talk to you. You're very welcome. Thank you, Walter. And thank you to you, our listeners. We really do appreciate your feedback and your thoughts. And you can do all of that at unbounded.flowex.ia. All right. We really encourage you to join in the conversation. Reach out to us. Tell us the topics that are preventing you from growing in financial services. We'll bust them open. We'll unlock them. We'll put technology to good use to that of employees and customers too. All right, that's it for Unbounded Talks. That's a wrap.